0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Mimetic Exegete Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Skidmore. In this series, we have been studying the book of Isaiah. As we have seen, the first 35 chapters are comprised of a series of oracles condemning the Israelite leaders for oppressing the poor and prophesying their demise while still offering hope for restoration. Chapters 36-39 to 39 follow the story of Hezekiah who is faithful to the Lord, yet ultimately placed his confidence in Babylon for protection. When Hezekiah receives the Babylonian king Moraduk Baladan, and shows him all his wealth, Isaiah responds, saying, The days are coming when all that is in your house, that which your fathers have stored up until this day, shall be carried off to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Of course, Israel was destroyed and taken into exile into Babylon in 587 BC. Chapters 40 and onwards follow the period after these events and offer hope for the restoration of exilic Israel who are languishing in Babylon. These people are wondering what went wrong, how did they get here? Are the gods of Babylon simply too strong for the Lord? The latter part of Isaiah addresses these questions by asserting that the Lord is the one true God in contrast to the gods of Babylon who are merely images carved out of wood and stone. The Lord promises to overthrow Babylon and restore Israel's fortunes. Let's continue reading now from Isaiah chapter 48. Hear this, O house of Israel, who are called by the name of Israel, and who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and confess the God of Israel, but not in truth or right. For they call themselves after the holy city and rely upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. The former things I declared of old. They went out from my mouth, and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them, and they came to pass, because I know that you are obstinate, and your neck is an iron sinew, and your forehead brass. I declared them to you from old. Before they came to pass, I announced them to you. Lest you should say, My idol did them. My carved image and my metal image commanded them. You have heard. Now see all this." And will you not declare it? From this time forth I announce to you new things, hidden things that you have not known. They are created now, not long ago. Before today you have never heard of them, lest you should say, Behold, I knew them. You have never heard, you have never known. From of old your ears have not been opened, for I know that you would surely deal treacherously, and that from birth you were called a rebel. For my name's sake I defer my anger, For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how long should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. I am he. I am the first and I am the last. My hand laid the foundations of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. Assemble, all of you, and listen. Who among you has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall perform his purpose on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken and called him. I have brought him, and he will prosper in his way. Draw near to me. Hear this, from the beginning I have not spoken in secret, from the time it came to be I have been there, and now the Lord God has sent me and his Spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea." Your offspring would have been like the sand and your descendants like its grains. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. Go out from Babylon, free from Chaldea. Declare this with a shout of joy. Proclaim it. Send it out to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made water flow for them out of the rock. He split the rock and water gushed out. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. The prophet begins by addressing the Israelites who confess the God of Israel but not in truth or right. There are a lot of different ways to interpret this text. Many scholars suggest a post-exilic hand has added comments to emphasise Israel's unfaithfulness. Laying this aside for the moment, let's try to read the text as a homogenous unit. The word translated as confess in this text comes from the root zakhar, which refers to remembrance. I think Isaiah is accusing the Israelites of incorrectly characterising the Lord and His past deeds. The people are so obstinate that even when they receive revelation from the Lord they will not listen and inflame His anger further by continuing to praise and worship their idols. Nevertheless, the Lord defers his anger for his own reputation. In other words, the Lord does not send the destruction of emetic violence upon Israel because it will reflect badly upon him and his glory. This theme of the Lord being concerned with his own identity and how other peoples and nations view him is common throughout the Hebrew Bible. People often appeal to the Lord on the basis of his vanity in the hope of getting their petitions answered. And although it might not fit with our idea of what a deity should be, it accurately affects the existential longing for being that undergirds all mimetic desire and rivalry. Hoping to inspire Israel's confidence, the Lord then recalls his past creative actions to bolster his promise that he will deliver Israel from their Babylonian oppressors. The Lord recalls how he provided water and food for Israel in the desert, implying that he will likewise care and provide for Israel during their new exodus from Babylon. The Lord laments that Israel refuses to heed his guidance, which has led to their current suffering. If Israel had heeded his instruction, they would be prosperous and numerous. Unfortunately, they have pursued their own mimetic idols, which has brought mimetic violence and destruction back upon their own heads. Reading on now from chapter 49. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow in his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have laboured in vain, I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity, yet surely my right hand is with the Lord, and my recompense is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honoured in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and rise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. The oracle opens with the Lord calling and forging Israel into His cherished instrument of truth. The Lord hides Israel in his quiver like an arrow, a weapon of war, awaiting the day when he shall rain truth and justice upon his enemies. The identity of the servant seems to shift, as a servant is charged with bringing Israel back to God. I interpret this servant as faithful Israel, those who have ears to hear the words of the prophecy. These people, or this small portion of Israel, set a positive example of faithfulness for the rest of the nation to follow. But the mimetic contagion is not confined by nationality. As Israel awakes from their mimetic idolatry and worships the Lord, they will become a light to the nations, exposing the folly of their idols. As these nations forsake their idolatry and worship the Lord of mimetic rivalry, God's salvation is propagated to the ends of the earth. This grand vision of global renewal begins with a few faithful people who step into their calling of the Lord's servant. Reading on now from verse 8. Thus says the Lord, In a time of favour I have answered you. In a day of salvation I have helped you. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate heritages saying to the prisoners, Come out! To those who are in darkness, appear! They shall feed along the ways, on all bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger or thirst, neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them. For he who has pity on them will lead them, by springs of water he will guide them. And I will make all my mountains a road, and my highways shall be raised up. Behold, these shall come from afar, and behold, these from the north and from the west, these from the land of Cyrene. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, O earth, break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted his people, and will have compassion on his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my God has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will never forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders make haste. Your destroyers and those who laid you waste go out from you. Lift up your eyes around and see. They all gather. They have come to you. As I live, declares the Lord, you shall put them all on as an ornament. You shall bind them on as a bride does her jewellery. Surely your waste and your desolate places and your devastated land, surely now you will be too narrow for your inhabitants and those who swallowed you up will be far away. The children of your bereavement will yet say in your ears, This place is too narrow for me. Make room for me to dwell in. Then you will say in your heart, "'Who has borne me these? I was bereaved and barren, exiled and away. But who has brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. From where have these come?' Thus says the Lord, "'Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations, and raise my signal to the peoples, and they shall bring your sons in your arms, and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders.' Kings shall be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. With their faces to the ground, they shall bow down to you and lick the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who wait for me shall not be put to shame. Can the prey be taken from the mighty or captives of the tyrant be rescued? For thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken and the prey of the tyrant be rescued, for I will contend with those who contend with you, and I will save your children. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh, and they shall be drunk with their own blood as with wine. Then all flesh shall know that I am the Lord your Saviour and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob." Again, in imagery similar to Plato's cave, the Lord saves the people by calling them out of the prison and darkness. Israel is currently blinded and imprisoned by their own mimetic desire and rivalry, and the Lord now calls them to flee from their idols that they might be saved. Only then will they experience the Lord's grace and provision as they move out of the darkness and into the light. Israel are currently destitute and without hope. Their current circumstances lead them to assume that the Lord has forgotten them. When Zion, that is Israel, complain that the Lord has abandoned them, the Lord likens his compassion for them to that of a mother who nurses and cares for a young infant. Israel can trust that the Lord will deliver them because he has set his mimetic desire upon them. The king of Babylon demonstrated a desire for Israel, and so he engaged in warfare with them and brought them into exile. The Lord now imitates this desire, setting his desire on Israel as if he was a parent showering love upon his suckling child. So deep and intense is the Lord's mimetic desire for Israel that it is as if he cannot forget them. He has graven them on his hands. He thinks about them day and night. Now consumed with mimetic desire for Israel, the Lord vows to destroy their enemies through mimetic violence. Just as the king of Babylon inflicted the violence of warfare upon Israel, so now the Lord will imitate Babylon's actions and visit their mimetic violence back upon their own head the Lord will cause Israel's enemies to eat their own flesh and be drunk with their own blood. In other words, the nations that oppress Israel will self-destruct as mimetic rivalry causes these communities to implode from within. By these means, the Lord will liberate Israel and restore their prosperity and righteousness. The Israelites will become so rich, powerful and numerous that they will fill the land and the kings and queens of great nations will lie prostrate before them and lick the dust from their feet, the ultimate act of political submission. This is a kind of reversal of Israel's political fortunes. While the king of Babylon carried Israel off into exile Now these kings and queens of the great nations will bring Israel's sons and daughters home to them. The children of Israel will become so numerous that they will seek to expand their borders because there is simply not room enough for them in the land of Israel. Once all these feats have been accomplished, everyone will acknowledge the Lord as Israel's Saviour, the mighty God who destroys their enemies with violence. Again here we see the Lord of mimetic rivalry and violence concerned with his identity as the mighty warrior God, who no other gods can withstand. Thanks again for joining me on the Memetic Exegete podcast. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.